Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 73 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the411mania.com website, and of course, any major podcast provider. Joining me today is my co-host, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how are you this evening, sir? I'm good. It's the start of a, a very busy weekend with like 18 shows on deck. That's right. Uh, since we do have a busy weekend coming up, what we are doing this week is we're going to do this show tonight. We're going to talk about some WWE releases, uh, the Hall of Famers announced, and then we will preview ROH Final Battle as well as NWA Into the Fire. And then later this week, we'll do our normal NXT and AEW show where we will preview TLC and hopefully some more matches are officially announced for that show at that time. So... <laughs> Uh, the show's the show's filling out a little bit after tonight's raw. They got they got some stuff on the books, so it is. No, I'm not it, really sure what else they're going to announce outside of maybe like a AJ Orton match. Well, yeah, figure AJ and Orton will be added, and a couple other things. It might add some stuff on SmackDown. We will like Bailey versus uh, Lacey Evans or something. We'll see. So but can't yeah. wait for that. One. Oh yeah, barn burner. <laughs> so. All right, Jeremy, starting off, we uh, had a rarity. We don't get a lot of these anymore. We had a few WWE releases all happening in one day. Sin Cara, Luke Harper, and The Ascension, all gone from WWE. So we'll kind of go through these. First of all, we will start with the certified shooter, Sin Cara, who had publicly asked for his release on Twitter. He is now gone, Jeremy. Uh, Thoughts on... Sin Cara's WWE run and getting his release. Uh, I like Caristico better. His run was it, it was the, the NXT stuff with um what they called the Lucha Dragons. Is yeah. that what they called them? Yeah, Calisto. with Kalisto. Yeah, yeah, that like that that was a cool run down at NXT. And otherwise, like he didn't really do a whole lot of notes. I mean, they've been searching for like the next Rey Mysterio forever to the point where they just brought back Rey Mysterio. People thought it was going to be Sin Cara. It wasn't. Uh, he needed to be released. He wasn't doing anything. They they tried to ha- get him in the feud with Andrade and then Andrade just pretty much squashed him. And they weren't going to do anything with him. He's older. Um, he's a little bit injury prone. He apparently wants to potentially fight in a Combate Americana so he can fight Tito Ortiz to revenge that uh, avenge that loss by Del Rio. So, yeah, it, it was a necessary release. He'd asked for it. I'm glad he ended up getting it and didn't have to wait around just like uh, Luke Harper did for months. Yeah, like the this dude has such a weird history, man, because he went when he was working in Mexico, he was like the original Mystico. And then, like, got shuttered off for the guy that became Mystico and is now Caristico. And then they were both in WWE and they did the uh, Sin Cara Azul versus Sin Cara Negro thing. And and then, you know, Mystico just burnt out in WWE. They totally fucked up with him because he was a guy that came in as a star and didn't want to be treated not as a star. And it didn't work out for a lot of reasons. He never really clicked with the style. They never worked to his strengths, and it was best that he ended up leaving. That was one of the, uh, for lack of a better word, one of the early Triple H flubs because he tried to bring him in, not so much on him but on the company. You know, one of the guys he brought in that they just they didn't find any success with, and 
you know, this Sin Cara, the, the, the former Hinako, he had a fine run with the company, but just never was going to be anything special because he wasn't the guy that was a star. He wasn't the guy they were going to push. And I can understand him being totally frustrated and actually wanting to do something and wanting out. So, yeah, definitely I agree. A good release because he's a lower card guy. He's, no offense to him, he's not... He's not having people tune in to see him. Nobody's buying tickets for him. And if you're not going to use him and he doesn't want to be there, just fucking get rid of him. I mean, you don't even have a role for him on NXT or 205 Live. I mean, that's pretty bad. So just let the guy go. So definitely agree with that one. Probably a guy that I think they could have done a... Like, again, this this isn't a guy that was going to be world champion. I think you could have done a little more with him. But not like a devastating loss. And I hope he's happy that he got his release because he really seemed to want it. They could do more with pretty much anybody on the roster. Like Sin Cara was what he was going to be. They never saw him as anything more than a lower card guy. I'm not sure. I mean, could he have been a mid card guy? Probably. But I think all these guys are so talented nowadays that you could almost peg anybody as a mid card guy. So, but Sin Cara just he wasn't going to pass a certain level, and he wasn't even at that level at the moment. Exactly. Uh, next up, another man that publicly wanted his release and finally got it, Luke Harper, Jeremy. Good for Luke Harper to finally get his release. He asked like way back in April, so they pretty much made him wait out the entire year, and his contract was coming up anyways. So they almost save a little bit of a face here by saying, yeah, we got, we gave him his release. You know, they tried to use him with the Eric Rowan thing. Harper had a, a good run. Could he have done more? Yes. He's another guy where he probably could have done more, but we forget like the Wyatt family stuff was big for him. The, the bludgeon brother stuff like that team was really hot at the, uh, the time of the injury. And you know, that, you you can't blame that on anything. Guys got injured, uh, so that that's disappointing. But more, yes, he could have. He's he's a very talented big man. He has a good look. He can uh, talk when when given the time. But he was another guy who was just kind of in his role. wasn't really going to get past that. Could it could he have been in Eric Rowan spot? Sure. Could the Bludgeon Brothers come back? Sure. Like is that what Luke Harper wanted? I I don't know. He's a little bit older. Again, probably wasn't going to get past a certain point. Vince apparently didn't like his look. And so if Vince doesn't like your look, then you're kind of screwed. Um, yeah, I'm glad Luke Harper got his release. Like when we're, we're talking about uh, Sin Cara, we didn't really say what he might do. I'm not sure he'll do a whole lot. Maybe he does go to Combate Americanas, uh, Americas. They, they want him as a commentator. Luke Harper will, will certainly have his options. Yeah, um, again, I'm um, <clears throat> very happy that Luke Harper got his release because, you know, a lot. Of, it's, it seems funny to say you're happy somebody doesn't have a job, but the, the man wanted his release. He wanted out, obviously was not happy. And much like you said, definitely a talented guy. I think he definitely could have done more. I personally feel that there were times during the Wyatt family that he, he, did, he greatly outshined Bray uh, from an in-ring standpoint. Oh, yeah, during... Yeah, yeah, during the stuff with Randy Orton, he was really good. Yeah, very much so. But he outshined them in the ring almost on a nightly basis. A lot of times I think he was better on the mic than Bray because Bray goes out there and just like would deliver these fucking monologues that you had no idea what he was saying. And when Luke Harper had promo time, he was, you know, 
talking somewhat like a person, and you could get what he was saying. So, yeah, I mean, definitely um, could have done more. I, I think they kind of missed the ball with him in some regards. Should have been a really, really strong mid-card, upper mid-card guy. Um, you know, a lot of people forget. Uh, definitely he had some great tag matches. Had a great ladder match with Dolph, Dolph Ziggler some years ago when they were feuding for the IC title. Uh, just a lot of stuff. But, yeah, he was definitely an older guy. And, again, with him also being older like Sin Cara, he has also had some injury issues. And they weren't going to push him past a, a point. So, yeah, you let the guy go. I mean, I love Luke Harker. I'm, Harper. I'm excited that uh, the big rig Brody Lee is going to be back on the independent scene at some point. And it's just, you know, again, nobody was going to pay to see Luke Harper for what WWE was going to do with him. He wasn't moving a needle. You let the guy go. He's not going to hurt the, you know, he's not going to hurt your product. You have how many people on the main roster alone that aren't being used. You have people in NXT that aren't being used. And then you have all the people sitting in the performance center that haven't even sniffed TV yet. So... Yeah, I mean, again, it's a uh, it's sad that things didn't work out. I would have loved to see him grab a big payday, like, like fucking like Jinder and Mojo sitting around collecting giant checks. But I mean, hey, if the man is gonna be happy, I am happy for him. I'm excited to see what he does on the Indies. I'm excited to see if he maybe works in Europe or Japan. And obviously, you'd have to think that places like Impact or AEW would certainly be a possibility for him because not only does he have friends there, but he's a very talented guy. If you had to guess, Jeremy, do you think he does sign with somebody within the next year or do you think he's just going to kind of ride out the the indie thing for the most part and maybe work some Japan? What are you feeling right now? I think he does indies for a little bit and I do think he ends up in AEW because he's got friends there. I mean, he's, he's really good friends with, uh, Mugigana. So I, I think he ends up in, in AEW at some point and they'll shit. They got so many dark cults and whatnot. Like he'll fit in right, right in with that. Uh, and, and they'll use him like they'll use him. Well, uh, like the thing with these releases is, you may as well release some of these guys because, all right, you're worried about them going to AEW and whatnot. Like, not everybody is going to AEW. And if they are going to AEW, like, AEW can't use all of these guys. Like, let's say AEW signed all four of these guys. Do you really think they're pushing Sin Cara and the Ascension to a certain level? Like, no. So, they're not going to sign all of these guys. And if they do, they can't use them all. Yeah. I do think that, uh, Luke Harper ends up in AEW just cause he's got some friends there, but, but I think he'll, he'll stick around the Indies for a little bit and who knows, maybe he, he finds happiness on the Indies and does work some Japan, but he can work Japan potentially with AEW as well. Um, cause we, we've seen, you know, plenty of AEW guys do that. True. But again, the AEW guys that are working Japan are your, your top guys that had bargaining position like Jericho and Moxley and Kenny Omega. Sure. Yeah. Luke Harper is not going to have that kind of bargaining position, but it does show that, Hey, if he is adamant on working in Japan, like AEW might be open to doing that. And if he's not, maybe he'll just stick with uh, Japan. Yeah. I'm kind of really interested to see what he does in the first few months that he's able to really start amping things up and working places. I can definitely see to start the big independent, um, the, the, the big line of independent dates. Cause he'll be in demand for a certain, um, group of companies that will value a guy like him. 
And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he kind of mixes it up with the uh, Japan combo platter a bit because he's a big guy, he's a good worker, or a lot of places in Japan that would probably use him. Also, maybe not... Um, Maybe not totally um, cross out um, working like the uh, New Japan USA shows. Stuff like that. I mean, he could be a guy that could be picked up to work specifically those shows and make cameo appearances in New Japan. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot out there for a guy like Luke Harper. For sure. So, and then as you mentioned already, The Ascension finally got their release. And, you know, The Ascension, everybody's going to laugh. Oh, it's the fucking Ascension. And... Granted, for the most part, I didn't have a lot of use for the Ascension. I thought their NXT stuff was okay. I thought for the role they played, they were fine. And then when they got up, brought up to the main roster, they were basically sabotaged right away. Because you had the whole angle with JBL making fun of them for being Demolition and Legion of Doom knockoffs. And they were labeled geeks from day one. And they never really got a chance to do everything because they were told, you know, the fans were told they were geeks from day one. And again, I'm not saying that these guys were a great tag team or anything, but I mean, when you sabotage them from the beginning and they don't even get a shot, what the fuck did you expect their main roster careers to end up being? Yeah, they were good in NXT, like nothing special. Um, But Triple H and the guys down at NXT did a very good job at hiding weaknesses and putting them in the right position. They got caught up to the main roster. There was clearly no plan for them, as we've seen plenty of times with NXT talent. And then, you know, they got stuck in some bad gimmicks. I mean, they've had the same gimmick, but they got stuck in some some bad stories and just weren't really used. It's, It's another team. It's like, okay, what was their ceiling on the main roster? probably not that high because yeah they can work with the right guys but like are the ascension a good tag team not particularly uh they no, get, they I, get... I honestly would I, I think rick victor is a good worker but i i had no time for connor who got the only thing that he got on the main roster was bigger yeah so <laughs> you're not losing anything in releasing the ascension it's another thing hey hey, shit they can join dark order or something it's another thing you can release these guys if they if they go to aew fine like it's almost a case of let aew almost sabotage themselves by signing all these xwb guys and feeling like they need to do something i think aew is smarter than that i don't think they will uh sign the ascension but Cody, you know, Cody did the angle with them. And so maybe Cody formed some type of bond and relationship with them. I, I truly don't know. So I like I would not expect much out of the Ascension on the the independent scene or really anywhere. I feel like they are just destined to be like released WWE guys who people are like, oh, man, they're going to prove that the WWE made a mistake with them. And then they get on the independent scene. And it's like, oh, yeah, they really don't have a whole lot to offer. Yeah, I kind of agree. That's It's probably going to be one of those things. I see them doing a... Probably doing a bunch of lower-level indie stuff, not like the bigger stuff. Um, doing a Ascension Light Tribute Act. Um, if anything, I can honestly see Impact picking them up because Impact doesn't exactly have a deep tag team division. I think that that might be their ceiling as far as what they'll do next, but... With all due respect, I don't see a lot coming from them. Yeah, I I agree that Impact might pick them up and just kind of use them however. Even like 
ROH might use them. Like they'll they'll get picked up by somebody, but again, I I would not expect them to like light the world on fire. Obviously not. So, um, out of the four releases, did anything surprise you? I guess the Ascension, because apparently they they did ask for their releases, but they didn't go public about it. So, um, but I mean, Harper and Sankara publicly asked. I think just the fact that they released these guys were pretty surprising, because most figured they just make these guys sit out, and that would be that. Yeah, that is what surprised me is the fact that WWE actually pulled the trigger and said we're going to release these guys because they've had that big for the most part they just don't release people anymore and the fact that they did I thought that if they did it would be very early um, in the year but it also does make sense because you get them gone before the end of the of Q4 and everything and. You know, you can talk about that you're making changes and everything when you do your next conference call and all that bullshit. But, uh, yeah, nothing really surprising. Um, the only thing, honestly, that really does surprise me overall is the fact that the Ascension actually wanted out. Because I would have figured that those were two guys that just would have tried to get whatever kind of good deal they could get and just ride it out doing nothing. Because it's like, yeah, it sucks and you're not doing anything, but why not get paid, you know? But, I mean, hey, if they want it out and they're willing to bet on themselves, good for those guys. Um, There are rumors that more releases will come, Jeremy. Probably some in NXT, maybe some more main roster. If you had to guess main roster-wise, do you have any guesses who we may see released in the next month or two if they do more? Um... I'm trying to like Canellis asked for his release. That's the only person I can think of who is publicly asked. And I mean, Oni did, it wasn't public, but he asked, but now he's apparently resigned. So it can kind of scratch him off the list. The like, Canellis just signed a five year deal. And I, I don't know how that stuff works, but we know he's got a lot of time remaining on his contract. And it's over four years left on the fucker. <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, I understand Canellis. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. Like, I understand Canellis wanting to work. Uh, the, the problem is, like, dude, you reportedly asked for your release earlier this year, and you were working, and then it kind of got deaded or whatever happened, but then, you know, you re-signed, and then you asked for your release again. Like, it's tough to feel bad for that guy, I understand he wants to work, but he had his chance to get out, and he he signed a five year deal. I don't know if he'll get his release because that's a lot of time remaining on that contract. Um, and shit, in five years maybe he can work. Uh, shit, they, I feel like they got to give him something within the next five years, right? I I think maybe like they're so just gun shy on releasing some people. I'm sure there's names that I can't even like think of that will probably just end up getting released because they just haven't been used in forever. But because they haven't been used, like no one actually jumps off the top of my head. And when they get the re- release, it'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy was on the roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause there are so many damn people under contract at this point. It's insane. But, um, I would say that, I mean, Mike is a possibility because um, he does one out. And I agree with you. It's like, it, you know, he's like, oh, I don't, don't feel sorry for me. I just want to work. And like, listen, dude, like you said, he had a chance to get out. He opted to resign. 
And then he's like, I'm an adult. Don't feel bad for me. I just want to work. It's like, well, yeah, you're an adult. You made the decision to stay. And I'm sorry, I have a little trouble feeling bad for you sitting home collecting $500,000. You know, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that he wants to work. But again, like you said, he had, a, he had a chance to get out. I could honestly see, I mean, if I'm WWE, honestly, I would, I'd get rid of him. I'd dump Maria with him. Because I don't think they add anything to the promotion. If you, if you dump Mike, what does Maria do? She doesn't wrestle. She's coming off of having a second kid. She's an okay character that can sometimes be good. But what are you really going to do with her? Because they don't really use a lot of managers. I just don't see a lot of upside in either of them. And I'd rather save the money and give some bonuses to the NXT people that are actually on TV. The thing with with Maria, like if she doesn't, like she signed the five-year deal as well. If she doesn't want out because, you know, she hasn't gone public with any release request, like she she's either still pregnant or she just had a kid. I think she I think she uh, isn't she hasn't had her kid yet, but they're not going to release her while she's pregnant. That's that's terrible optics. Um, I'm not even sure they're going to release her after just having a kid. I'm not even sure she wants to get released because she's making cushy WWE money like she's definitely not making that kind of money on the independent scene, she's got two kids. And if Canellis does, if Mike gets his release, like he's going to be out working all the damn time. Cause that's what he says he wants to do. Like when's that guy going to really be home? You know what I mean? So I don't think Maria's going anywhere. And, and if she doesn't want it, like they're not just going to release her because I, I think Vince feels like, I don't know if he feels like he owes a lot to Maria, but he likes Maria. You know, she, she was on the diva search and brought her back after all this time and stuff. Heyman really likes Maria. So I, I don't think Maria is going anywhere. Mike, maybe, but I doubt it just because of the contract he signed. Uh, Maria is not going anywhere. I agree that she's probably not going anywhere, but I'm just saying like from WWE, I just, I don't see the value in keeping them. I, I, yeah, but I like I agree with that. But at the same time, like they just signed them to a five year deal. If they didn't see value in like keeping them, then they would have just let them walk at the end of the contract. They were they stupid have, for resigning them for all that money. Well, probably, but like they they feel they there's value in keeping all of these people for one reason or another, and the value might just be, hey, we're gonna keep you away from these other promotions, even though most of these people like aren't even moving the needle for other promotions, like. Honestly, what is the the worst case scenario for for guys like uh, who they've resigned over the past year, like Gender and, and Canellis and who, who? Yeah, Mo, like what the worst case scenario for these guys is their Sean's or the best case scenario I should say, should say is like their Sean Spears. Like, is there a star quality with really any of these guys? I, you know, they all have their different attributes and whatnot, but. There's not none of these guys are gonna be like, oh yeah, you're like that person's gonna light the world on fire. Like that's why they're adamant about keeping the revival because those are two guys that can at least light the tag team world on fire in AEW. Like Gender, Mojo, Canellis, like these guys, you could release them and no one would remember that they were that they existed a year from now. Yeah, and I just like if I'm WWE, I don't understand how you reportedly are going to spend $2 million to keep Mojo, Gender, and the Canelises around for five more years. I I just don't see it. 
You know, like $2 million a year to keep these people. It's insane, but that's just me. Um, I think another name to likely consider because they haven't done jack shit with him. They don't seem to care about him. His ceiling seems to be main event, and he is out with an injury right now, but EC3. Yeah, that's a that's a good name. I don't know what his contract is like, but that's another guy who he's been so out of sight, out of mind that, yeah, he, he could go. I mean, his ceiling is a little bit higher on the independent scene because he is a good talker. Like, as a worker, he, he's fine, but he, he, he is a good talker. Like, he'd fit right in with NWA. That's I don't know I if that's where he say, would go, actually. but... Yeah, he'd fit right in there. I mean, even Impact might might be willing to bring him back, but he, yeah, he, he's certainly a guy who is he a needle mover? No, but is he a guy who I would be like, oh yeah, he might have some success on the independent scene, like a guy like Luke Harper? Yes. Yeah, so I could definitely see him. Uh, another name that has been bantered about for years, eventually going to be gone, are the Colognes. Amazingly, still under contract. Uh, yeah, those are two guys you could release and you're not really losing anything cause you're not losing. I mean, you're not using them and, um, they're, they're not doing anything. Like they're probably just go to Puerto Rico and, and work, uh, WWC and that'll be That's that. all they're doing now. Yeah. Cause they're so, never on WWE TV. Now this, right. this one is weird and I don't believe it'll ever happen. There's a trio of names people keep talking about. And stuff pops up on Reddit and stuff. And I don't think it's ever going to happen because, number one, um, two of them would be a big boost to anyone's tag team division. And also because you would upset the the big dog, Roman Reigns. People keep talking about the Usos and Naomi. Because there's a feeling that WWE is sick of dealing with the Usos' legal issues. And there's been reports that WWE gets frustrated with Naomi because, God forbid, she actually goes to creative with ideas to try to get on TV. I mean, God damn her, right? I don't ever see it happening, but I keep seeing it around. I just thought we would bring it up for a general discussion. I legit have not seen this, so you've got the dark sources going here, Larry. I do have a um, <laughs> yeah the the usos and naomi aren't going anywhere <laughs> like i understand they probably are frustrated with their legal issues but i mean they fucking keep jeff hardy around then i the usos would certainly be needle movers and and so would naomi honestly like, she, like she's very talented and could boost any women's division uh they should use all of them more. And I think they will when they just feel more comfortable with all of them. It's unfortunate that they keep finding, I mean, they're, they're making their own bet. I shouldn't say it's unfortunate. They keep finding themselves in this situation. It's unfortunate for the two that don't find themselves in this situation, uh, and are just tied to the one who keeps screwing up. But it kind of like, that's how it's going to be. Um, the Usos at, are valued as a team. They're not valued as singles performers. Naomi should be valued more as a singles performer. I like, she said she was dealing with a lot of personal shit. I'm sure that's true. Um, so I, I don't know what the, what her deal is. She should certainly be brought back and given a boost to, to the women's division. The Usos, like they, they got to figure that shit out because they're, they're too talented to keep throwing away with a uh, DUIs. Yeah, and um, like I said, I, I don't believe it will ever happen because, like I said, I think the Usos are definitely too valuable to lose. Um, they just signed a new deal too, didn't they? I believe so. And the other thing is too, is like I don't think you would want to piss off Roman, you know? 
Yeah, unless they've asked, like, you know, if they've asked, then Roman, I mean, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, keep him around. Like, he was happy when Dean uh, left because that's what Dean wanted. If that's what the Usos and Naomi want, fine, you're not pissing off Roman then. But they're not outright releasing these three just to release them. Exactly. So, moving on, Jeremy, we had... The first WWE Hall of Fame announcements break on Monday. And uh, Big Dave Batista and the NWO, Hogan Hall, Nash, and Waltman are going into the Hall of Fame next year. First up, thoughts on Batista getting the nod for the WWE Hall of Fame. All right. People were fucking in my mentions off of this because I said that Batista should headline over the NWO and people are like, Oh, well the NWO means more to the business. Like you're, you're not having Batista headline over Hogan, like all this stuff. Like, all right, I understand the NWO had a bigger impact on the business. I get all that. Sure. Like I'm, I'm not even going to argue that. And I do think the NWO will headline. I think Batista should headline. And my reasoning is, these other four have already been in the Hall of Fame. Waltman just got inducted last year, and he didn't give like a, a major speech. But you know, Hogan, Hall, and Nash all got singular inductions and all did a, a single speech. Uh, we've seen the speeches from these guys. They're gonna do NWL stuff. They're gonna tell the same fucking story they've told a million times because there's eight million NWO DVDs out there, and there there's five million shoot interviews with these guys out there. So I, I don't want to hear the same shit we've always heard from these four guys. Batista is like genuinely moved by being in the Hall of Fame. Like they, he, he said to people like he was crying and like, oh, he's like, oh, man, now I got to write my speech. Like I got to catch my breath. What am I going to say? Like He came back last year for the Triple H match because like he really loves wrestling. He had no reason to come back. He's a huge movie star now. Like he didn't have to come back at all. But he's like, I want this one last match. I want it against Triple H. Like, Batista really cares about this moment. And if you close it with him, like he's going to give the best speech on the night. I guarantee it. I guarantee when the Hall of Fame is over, we're going to be like, yeah, Batista had the the most moving, the most touching speech on the night. That's why he should close. And he's fucking Drax. Like it's not like you're headlining with I don't know, Coco Beware or somebody over the NWO. That's not fair to Coco Beware. But you're not headlining with uh, like Christian. No offense to Christian. I, I I do think Christian should be in the Hall of Fame. Should Christian headline over the NWO? No. Not at all. Like, Batista's a major movie star, a multiple-time world champion, has headlined WrestleMania. Like, he's not just a throwaway dude. He's fucking Batista. Like, I, I don't understand why people are so upset that I had the audacity to suggest Batista. Batista should headline over the NWO. I'm very happy for Big Dave. Uh, again, he seems genuinely moved by this. He's obviously a Hall of Famer under any qualifications. He, he was a draw. He had some good matches, multiple-time world champion, part of evolution. Like he, he did big things. And you can play the mainstream angle. And this is another reason why you should headline. Like You're going to get a lot of publicity out of Batista. I fuck off everyone who was like, oh, you can't headline over the NWO and Hogan. Fuck Hulk Hogan's racist ass. God damn, Jeremy, I love it when you get all fired up. That was great. No, I I actually honestly agree with your points. 
it you make a ton of sense especially when you add in the mainstream stuff and the fact that the NWO guys are going to play the hits with their speech. We fucking heard it all. That's not diminishing what they've done. You know, I mean, it's it's a big enough draw that they're on the marquee as part of the Hall of Fame. You don't have to headline with them. I would be all for Big Dave Batista headlining. He's not going to because they're going to do it with the NWO. And um, But no, I totally agree with your point. I am happy for Big Dave as well. I uh, wasn't like a huge fan of the Triple H match, but I loved why he came back and why he wanted to do it. I thought the WWE special on the network, which a lot of those are just so good anymore, um, with him was really good about his whole, his whole preparation for the match and how much he put into it. And like you said, just how much he fucking loved it and cared for it. And yeah, I'm really happy for that dude. He, uh, he has a really interesting backstory and I do agree also that I think he will give a kick-ass speech. So I am very cool for, with that. So I am perfectly fine with Batista going in. And I don't, like, there's a lot of people that get overly serious about the WWE Hall of Fame. And I'm not one of them because if we're being, yeah, on, if we're being honest, the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame is the, is who hasn't pissed Vince off a lot lately club and who they can make up with club and who they think they can make some money with club. And it does mean a lot to a lot of these people. I'm not diminishing that, but Please don't act like this is the end-all, be-all Hall of Fame. And there's like a legit council of wrestling elders deciding who gets into it. You know what I mean? So don't get too serious over it. But I agree with your points on Big Dave. I would like to see him headline. So, I guess I got too serious for saying Batista should headline and no, go on No, no, I'm just rant. talking about like <laughs> you know, people that are like, oh, it's disrespectful for so-and-so to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, it's the WWE Hall of Fame. It's not that, like, huge a deal. No, your points are very good, though, and they make a lot of sense. I, I support it. I would subscribe to your newsletter. Thank so, you. The NWO, as I mentioned, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman are now going in. And as you mentioned, and I will agree with, and I don't think anybody will disagree with, despite the fact that the booking wasn't perfect of it overall, the NWO, obviously a big deal to the uh, Monday Night Wars, the turnaround in wrestling, the wrestling boom. And you can't uh, diminish any of that. So them going in is obviously fine. I just, um, my only, I guess, slight hang up with it is I think we're now starting to overdo it with the quote unquote two time Hall of Famers. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like Booker T is going to be a two time Hall of Famer because of uh, Harlem Heat, or maybe he already is. Yeah, Um, he is. Okay. I couldn't remember if he got inducted. Singular. Uh, Ric Flair. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of two-time Hall of Famers, and all right, I it, it's fine. I, it doesn't bother me that much, honestly. Like, are they overdoing it? Sure, but they they feel like they need headliners, and you know they can group Degeneration X, they can group uh, the NWO, they can group tag teams, and, and they can you know, do that. Like we're going to have the new age outlaws at some point, whenever uh triple H or Vince buys that piss ant company we're we're going to have the new age outlaws going in. Um, so yeah, it's overdone, but whatever. Like they, they feel like they need headliners. Like my kind of issue with the NWO two it's two things. One, if you're going to have Batista, like that is a headliner. If you're going to have the NWO. They are headliners. You, you don't need both on the same marquee, but I get it because Tampa is Hogan's hometown. And so he probably really pushed for this and Batista, 
maybe this is you just felt like you had to do it this year because of the WrestleMania match last year and you just felt like it was his time. So I, I but you could have easily split these two up over uh, across two years. My other problem with this NWO was like, all right, where's Big Show? Where's Bischoff? Uh, even like DiBiase was the, the where's fifth fucking member. Soul Train Jones at? God yeah. damn it! Where's where's Soul Train Jones? Like, I feel like you either need to induct the original three, Hogan, Hall, and Nash, or if you're gonna duck induct the first six, like induct the first six, or I don't know. Like, I understand you maybe don't want to induct. Uh, even though he was awesome, Scott Norton, Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray would be a two-time Hall of Famer. Uh, NWO Sting, like Buff Bagwell, that they're obviously not inducting Steiner anytime soon. Like I understand not inducting these guys, um, but it, it just feels weird to like include Waltman, even though I understand he did play a a good role in the NWO, but like not include Big Show, who I think role his role was just as big and certainly Bischoff whose role was uh, monumentous. You know, I'm, I, I agree with a lot of that. And my big problem is first of all, it's like with the Harlem heat thing and they disrespected obviously big T by not including him as part of Harlem heat 2000. We're, I bet Johnson should be a two time hall of famer. Honestly, we're fucking disrespecting the goddamn NWO sting. <laughs> we are. NWO Sting was the nicest dude at WrestleCade. He was awesome. I've heard that from a lot of people that have met him, and and I agree with you on the uh, the like the kind of double headliner thing. I posted that on the uh, the four one one Twitter. I think that they're you're burning things out by doing that. They really should have been split over two years because you're going to start running into shit. I mean, what are we going to be doing in ten years? Is Dolph Ziggler going to fucking headline the Hall of Fame? Yes. It's like Jesus. And they'll they'll have guys in ten years. I mean, you, you still got a Cena card to play. You've got the Rock card, obviously. Like Triple H hasn't gone in singular, has he? Like he's just gone in as as DX. Um, I, Randy Orton is obviously a Hall of Famer. A, AJ Styles can probably headline. You can headline with with certain guys. Just Seth Rollins will headline at oh, some point. I don't know if he'll retire in ten years, but Roman will will certainly headline again. He probably still has ten years left as well. But Undertaker, they still have Undertaker. Shit, you can headline with Kane. Kane's probably got a lot of great stories too. So yeah, they'll have enough headliners. I feel like in in the coming years to. Where it'll still make sense. They're running out of the the '90s guys a little bit, and maybe some of the the early 2000s. Like they'll drag Flair back. They'll headline with Evolution one fucking year, so Flair could be a three time Hall of Famer. They'll they'll make some shit up. Yeah, I, I think they're. I, I just don't think it's a good call though to double up on it this year. But we'll see. I, I think they're going to run into problems coming down, and you know, starting in a few years, it's going to start running a little thin. And like you said, they're, they're going to end up doing a lot of two-time and possibly three-time guys because if you do Triple H and then Evolution, he'll be a three-time Hall of Famer along with Flair and all kind of shit. I don't know. It's, But yeah, I mean, obviously I'm fine with both going in. I would have personally split it up, but like you said, maybe they felt they had to do them both this year. Um, I think you could have put it off Big Day for another year personally, but maybe he has too much shit planned in uh, 2021 and... He's going to be doing like 18 movies like The Rock. So, you know, God bless him if he is. 
yeah, Dave's got all these Marvel movies coming up. He ain't got. I think Batista would have made time for the Hall of Fame again. Oh, yeah. I think he he really cares about. Is, does he make his home in Tampa? Uh, for some reason, I feel like he he's a Florida guy. But maybe I'm just uh, being ageist and saying all retired people go to Florida, even I though he's not he retired. Is in Florida. So I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he is. I'm gonna go to the Googles here. Oh, go into the Google machine. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he has a house in Florida. So okay. there you go. There you go. So yeah, but I mean, I'm obviously I'm fine with both guys going in. I think they're good additions. And uh, honestly, like you said, too, I'm very much looking forward to Big Dave's speech. I think it's going to be awesome. Like that's what I'm. I don't know who else is going in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure they are going to have some more pretty strong names for it, but. I think Batista, I guarantee it. This is my guarantee. Guarantee that Batista has the best speech of the night. Probably, dude. And I am looking forward to that. So, as we said at the beginning of the show, Jeremy, we have a busy weekend coming up. we got three pay-per-views coming up this weekend. Friday night, we start with ROH Final Battle. Saturday night, we have NWA Into the Fire. And then Sunday, we have the TLC pay-per-view. And we're going to start with ROH and NWA tonight. So that we don't have to bombard everybody with like five hours on Thursday morning. So, start with ROH, Final Battle 2019. This pay-per-view is going to have a one-hour free pre-show, Jeremy. We start off the pre-show with Silas Young and Josh Woods versus Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry. Basically, what happened here is I think ROH realized that, hey, Silas Young and Josh Woods are undefeated as a tag team including a win over Lethal and Gresham, who might win the tag titles on this show, and that Dalton Castle is kind of a shell of his former self, and his wacky pairing with Joe Hendry has kind of been working at shows, so they needed to get them on the card. It's not exactly a horrible addition. I don't think it's going to be a great match by any means, but I think that Woods and Young, I mean, if they win here, they're definitely set for a title shot coming out of the pay-per-view. Or you could keep kind of going with the uh, Wacky Partners tag team of Castle and Hendry, which makes a lot of sense because you can protect Dalton Castle and limit his workload a bit in a tag team setting. And hopefully by teaming Hendry with him, you could hopefully get Hendry over a little more in the U.S. I think you can flip a coin in terms of the winners, but I'm going to actually go with Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry. I think Castle and Hendry win as well. <sighs> we're really going to preview this whole show <laughs> we are jeremy god damn it you love <laughs> roh uh i get to bury them at the end with all their issues right sure okay uh yeah i, I think castle and hendry win I, I guess they still see something in joe hendry big international superstar signing joe hendry who's on the pre-show for this event um the young and woods are, are fine like it, it'll be a pre-show match if, if hendry does the heavy lifting because castle isn't doesn't look that good anymore then it, it should be okay and uh, castle and hendry ha has a little bit of legs to it all right also on the pre-show is a grudge match between kenny king and rhett titus <laughs> you know it's like roh to me has the oddest booking with kenny king because Sometimes he's a dude that they seem to care absolutely nothing about and they do nothing with. And then other times they're absolutely fascinated in trying to make him into one of the top guys, which has just never worked on any level. It's like Kenny King is fine. Um, it's just something I think they kind of need to accept. I don't think he's going to be anything more than a solid dude on the roster. 
you know, Rhett Titus has been a dude since he broke up with Kenny King. He fills a spot. He had a wacky tag team with Will Ferrar that did tons of Future of Honor matches with the Dojo guys. He became a wacky bodybuilder, and then he became a family man and was trying to turn his career around. And that led to Kenny King making fun of him and basically calling him a bitch for being a loser. And that's why they're going to feud. So I kind of have no interest in this. Um, it's going to feature two guys that are kind of solid, solid, but bland. And I'm sure it'll be okay. I think Kenny King kind of wins cause the huge, the heel kind of normally wins the first one of these kind of feuds. And, uh, I think they're eventually going to reunite because Kenny King's is going to make Rhett Titus realize he's a loser and they're going to reunite as a heel tag team again down the line. This sounds terrible and Kenny King will win. <laughs> So much insight, Jeremy. <laughs> Dude, Kenny King, like, they they tried to push him, as you said. Like, he won the Rambo at... Everybody won the Rambo at G1 Supercard, and people were like, why the fuck is Kenny King winning this match? And they didn't even give him his one-on-one title shot because they don't have any faith in this guy, and they were realized, shit, Matt Taven and Kenny King ain't headlining no show. Um, yeah, and Red Titus, like... Look, I don't watch ROH television. I don't know who watches ROH television outside of you. I I have no idea what they're doing with Rhett Titus. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a pre-show match for sure. But that's okay, Jeremy. We're turning things around with the main card, and I got a match that's going to get you totally excited. Maria Manic versus Angelina Love. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. my my gimmick. I'm not breaking gimmick here, in that I'm not. I I don't talk about women. I, you know what? I'll talk about women of honor because. But I'm not talking about this stupid match. Even though I'm happy that Maria Manix finally fucking wrestling. Even though she's been signed since June. She's she's been signed since June, and this is her first wrestling match for this company in December. Oh my god! Look. They, what, what was Joe Koff's stupid line about the, the women's division? It's not big, but it, it's growing or something. Whatever he the, said. The, they'll grow it when they find the right quality workers and shit like uh, that. Whatever. Like, they just released their their women's champion. Released, not renewing her contract, fired, whatever you wanna whatever you wanna say. I hope Joey Mercury doesn't listen to this podcast. He's gonna threaten somebody. Um wh- whatever, however you wanna go about it. They have a women's of honor champion, a three-time champion, who they kept putting the title on, even though it seemed like, yeah, her time's kind of up. Let, let Angelina Love go with it, and then let Manic uh, squash her, and, and that'll kind of be that. Like they still kept the title on, or they put the title back on her, and then they now they're gonna release her because they don't want to pay her twenty-four thousand a year. Like, dude. <laughs> You can't pay this woman $2,000 a month 
$2,000, like $24,000 a year is not a lot of money. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. I, I'm sure some people would be happy with it, but that's not a lot of money for being a wrestler, especially a company like ROH that should be bigger than they are. And they've got that Sinclair money and all of this stuff. Like $24,000, you can't pay her that? I'm, a, I'm ashamed that like she even had to ask for that. Like she should have been asking for way more but she asked for 24 and still got turned down what in the fuck is going on with this company the like the, the women's of this is why i refused for months to talk about this division because it was an absolute joke then and it's somehow gotten worse they've somehow made this division worse larry how Oh, uh, well, I mean, I'll get into that here then, Jeremy. And Why, I, I don't, Sway? I don't disagree. Yeah, the Women of Honor division, a complete mess. On top of you having repeatedly bad matches, you sign Maria Manic. She never wrestles. She beat up a bunch of people. And then her contract fucking ended. She left, did a WWE tryout, didn't get signed, started dating Teddy Hart, and now she's back. So... You had Angelina Love come in. They do the whole lore thing. They build up to the big match with Kelly Klein. They pay it off with the title win, which made sense because it was the heel thing, and it, it worked. But it lasted for fucking 15 days for the sole purpose of giving Kelly Klein a third title run with the company, and then you fire her because she's out with a concussion and she dared to go public with asking for a raise and the fact that they haven't taken care of her. God damn it. What the fuck is going on? Maria Manic Challenge loved this fucking match in an honor club show. Um, so here's the thing. This should be all about the mean girls getting their comeuppance. Maria Manic should fucking destroy every member of the Allure in seconds. Should win the match. And if they make this match for the women's title, I would not be surprised at all, even though they haven't announced that, because Kelly Klein ain't coming back. And God bless her, I hope she fucking gets paid. I have said it before, I am not a huge Kelly Klein fan. I don't particularly think she's a very good professional wrestler. But she seems like a really nice person that's been fucked over by this company. So I hope she gets paid by somebody else. And you know what? Maybe if she sues him and wins a bunch of Sinclair money, good for her fucking too. Yeah, I I agree. The, the, this division sucks, and it's sucked for pretty much since its inception. And yeah, that, this is why I refuse to talk about it. And now I will go back to not talking about it because it doesn't deserve this much time. And now we know. But we gotta bury it though. And now we know why all those women they potentially had in the. Uh, in the ranks there to use in the division ended up leaving because they wanted more than $20,000 a year. Poor Session Moth. Get out now, Session Moth. Go to NXT UK. At least they'll put you on television. Yeah, Christ, when is she coming in? Never. Never. They they have no clue what they're doing with this division. If she's smart, she runs away, yeah. Next up, we have a street fight between Mark Haskins and Bully Ray, Jeremy. Um, God, <sighs> don't care about Bully Ray in 2019. I like Haskins. 
like, I've had the same issues with Lifeblood for like, I feel like just a broken record All with <laughs> yeah with the the Lifeblood stuff. So I'm not gonna rehash that. The match will probably be fine because Bully Ray can can work a street fight style and Haskins will bump his ass off and probably do some cool spots and. You would think Haskins wins. That's the logical story to tell. His wife maybe gets involved and Bully Ray gets hit in the nuts or something. I don't trust anything with ROH. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like Haskins a lot. He was obviously the standout of the 2018 UK tour, which is what got him signed this year. And they seem to have big plans for him and others when Lifeblood was formed, which, again, a fine plan until David Finley gets injured. Tadeo's deal expired and then she bailed and then Juice never came back because he didn't like working there and wanted paid properly. So that kind of shit canned the whole lifeblood thing even though they left it alive. You had Haskins, Williams, and Bandito kind of directionless for the rest of the year. But despite that, they were kind of the highlight of ROH on many shows. They had a lot of good matches, but as Jeremy has said a lot, again... There was no direction to these guys. And then the constant injuries to PCO or Brody King led to them never getting that six-man title shot that was constantly booked and then constantly canceled because of that. So they kind of ended up with nothing. Bully Ray was gone for what seemed like a, a glorious long time and then came back. Started harassing Haskins and beating him down, threatening his wife and all that shit. Haskins is great. The smoke and mirrors should definitely help Bully's lack of ability these days. Um, he's slow, he's gonna hit chops and an occasional power move and do you, and start yelling, Do you know who I am? Like 800 times during the fucking match and doing his little whoo Stan Hansen tribute bullshit while he moves like a sloth. Haskins should win and get babyface revenge here. If not, the company's fucking stupid. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, another one. Jer- Jeremy, I-, I know you're gonna, you probably hate me right now. You're gonna love this one though. We got... <sighs> Matt Taven no, versus fuck, no, no. Vincent. Soul Train Jones? No, it's Vincent now. He's not Vinny Marsiglia anymore. He's Vincent in all capitals. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I saw the turn deal, uh, and I, I was like, who am I supposed to cheer for in this? Like Vincent's the baby face, right? Like I'd be sick of Matt Taven's bullshit too. Um, no, the the this match won't be any good. I, I don't care about these guys, and I, I guess Vincent will win because they they want to like maybe portray him as a strong heel slash baby face, whatever he's supposed to be. Uh, no, next. All right, Jeremy's job is to bury shit apparently right now, so I will give background in case... Well, because nobody's watching ROH TV, and even if he did, they pretty much don't hype any of this shit on TV. You're the you're the, you're the the play-by-play man. I'm the color. That's how this works. Fair enough. But yeah, w- once upon a time, the Kingdom were a nice and happy little trio there. They had six-man title wins uh, a few times. Obviously, Taven won the ROH world title, but things went off the rails shortly after that because... TK Orion got a concussion and then started having severe post-concussion issues. Hasn't been around. Uh, Vincent started going insane. Matt Taven lost the title. Uh, it got worse from there because Vincent and TK were allegedly being attacked and laid out backstage repeatedly. People were stalking, allegedly, Matt Taven and Vincent, shooting footage of them. 
It ended up being a trap all along because Vincent was the man behind it. He orchestrated the fake attacks on them, he and TK. He um, set up Taven for an attack. He left him laying in a bloody mess after beating him up with his axe, which is leading us to this grudge match. Taven recently resigned, but they've also really been behind Vincent for a while. Um, they put him in good positions. Uh, with it being the first match of the feud, which is probably going to go on for a long while, I see Vincent taking the win, possibly with the help of TK if he's healthy enough to do that, because he's probably going to go with him, and uh, feels like they're going to try to make Matt Taven a top babyface star, if you can believe that. Sounds terrible, because <laughs> Matt Taven worked so well as a heel that they're going to now try him as a babyface. <laughs> Well, it's it's like a it's Seth Rollins like yeah Seth Rollins Seth Rollins is actually a good heel um, and the, the new alignment with AOP is kind of awesome um, but to babyface Seth Rollins not so much Matt Taven sucked as a heel and he'll probably be even worse as a babyface well we're gonna find out Jeremy because that's how <laughs> no we're not <laughs> we're not gonna find out because no one watches this company Hello, I do. And I make you watch it too, so ha ha. I don't watch it. I, I don't watch the televisions. I watch some of the events. I'll watch fucking Final Battle because I know we're going to have to review it. But yeah, I, I, I'm not watching this weekly television stuff. You're literally the only person, Larry. Literally, no one else watches this show. I feel like it. <laughs> so, but it's okay, Jeremy. Things are actually, I promise you, things are actually getting better. I don't even know this card. That's what's surprising me here. I have no idea what's on this card. Well, you're going to be happy. There's a good match coming up. Marty. Villain Enterprises. Marty and Flip Take Japan facing Bandito and the newly signed Flamita. All right. I don't know why this match is happening, but I'm a fan of this. Had to get Marty on the card and Bandito, too. Well, yeah, that seems like why. Is Flamita a blood blood light? What's their lifeblood now? I don't know. He's just tagging with his lucha buddy. He's lifeblood now. Lifeblood needed a new member. They need a new lifeblood. <laughs> I don't know what's happening on this this show anymore. Um, I can't. Th- this match would be good. I really. This is a good match. It's four guys who are, I actually care about, even though they're in ROH. Bandito's awesome from what I've seen of Flamita. He's awesome. Love Marty. Love Flip. It should be a great match, even though it has no real purpose behind it. I guess Marty's working Final Battle Fallout, so it's not technically his last ROH match, even if it is his last ROH match. I mean, everybody just assumes he's AEW bound because they keep doing the teases on being the elite and everything. Uh, So Marty will probably get a a big send off by all 100 people in the crowd for this event. And and that'll be cool. And the the match will be good, even though it serves no actual purpose for the future. And I think Bandito and and Flamita win because at least they're sticking around for a little bit. And Marty's probably gone. and, And Flip is probably not long either. If Marty and Flip win, then maybe that's a sign that Marty has re-signed, or it's a sign that ROH doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. There's a lot of speculation going on with the Marty thing, man. Yeah, and yeah, I've seen it. It's it's really interesting. There are a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk that ROH is throwing out some more money like they did with Taven, and that 
you know, they're up in the th- they're up in things to try to keep Marty, which obviously they should at least try. I'm not saying it's going to work, but you should definitely try. Should have put the title on them. That's how you try. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he does stay around. Uh, I'm very, very fascinated by that. Uh, looking forward to this match. Uh, Marty and Flip, love them. Flamita is really good. Bandita is great. Um, I think they will make a definitely fun tag team. I have some huge booking plans by Knights End, Jeremy. Um, Marty and Flip take Japan are going to win this one. That is my plan. It's going to play into things later on. Trust me. Okay. I mean, you actually follow this product far more than I do, so you always do research for this stuff. Well, I'm also booking <laughs> the product for them if they would listen. But... Yeah, that's the problem. You're trying to book this company, and haven't you been paying attention? They don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, I'm here if they need me, Jeremy. <laughs> I am good for that Sinclair money. Yeah, get that sweet Sinclair money. So, um, But yeah, looking forward to this match. Definitely will be good. Could be great if they get uh, the right time and stuff like that. So looking forward to it. Yeah, Flamita was, uh, he worked a real, he worked a banger with uh, Mike Bailey on the UK tour when they brought him in to replace uh, Bandito. So uh, happy that he's in. He's definitely a good addition to the roster. Next up, Jeremy, we got a Haas fight. The newly signed Dan Maff versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, people were like, uh, like I like Jeff Cobb. I'm a big fan of Jeff Cobb and Dan Math. Like he's a old school ROH guy, and he's just kind of old. And I was like, ROH has Jeff Cobb, and they're putting him against Dan Math on the biggest show of the year. People are like, this is a dream match. Like, all right, if your dream match is Jeff Cobb against Dan Math, then I don't know, have better dreams. Um, it should be fine. Jeff Cobb's awesome. I don't. I don't think Dan Math is anything special, but Cobb will certainly do his best to, to carry him. And I mean, Math can hoss fight, hoss fight. So it'll be fine. Cobb should win because he's a guy you can actually build around. And you, like you're not building around Dan Math, but maybe they are. Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this. I, I like a good Haas fight. Uh, as you said, Jeff Cobb is rather great. I like him a lot. Uh, Math has been really good since coming back, his few dates with ROH. Um, he's a dude that definitely fits into a certain mold, and you, you know you need you need flippy guys, you need Haas guys, so I'm fine with it. A lot of speculation that Jeff Cobb is on the way out, and Math just signed, so I can see Dan Math winning here because I, I, I don't... I, like, I'm... Let me see. I'm kind of more convinced that Marty would stay over Cobb staying at this point. If Jeff Cobb leaves, what is your favorite ROH Jeff Cobb memory, Larry? Uh, beating <laughs> Damian Priest in like 90 seconds. When he when his undefeated streak ended in 12 minutes to Matt Tafin. No, that was definitely the down point. <laughs> Uh, they had Jeff Cobb and they did nothing with this dude. Like, I don't remember. He had some good matches. Um, he had the banger it, with Osprey at the, uh, yeah. At the uh, guard, G1 Supercard. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he had some good matches, but like, what did they really do with Jeff Cobb that they helped him they, get Japan dates? <laughs> pretty much. Like, dude, you had Jeff Cobb at your disposal. This dude's awesome. He's unique. He's got an amateur background, uh, an Olympic background. Like, y- utilize this guy. And you had him for a year, over a year. And they, they did nothing with him. Like, 
almost nothing. They, they put him against Osprey, and I credit that more to New Japan than I do ROH. I'm not giving them credit for that. Uh, yeah, just what a waste of Jeff Cobb's year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not very confident he's sticking around. I hope, I mean, for their sake, I hope he does because they need a guy like him. But I am I would not be surprised if he signed a more, um, like a more full-time New Japan deal to work not only New Japan, but the New Japan USA stuff. Yeah, I, I like Jeff Cobb, and I hope he gets the hell out of there. Yeah. I think it'll be good, though. I'm looking forward to a good Haas fight. Uh, next up, another match that should be good, Jeremy. Your boy, the best in the world, Shane Taylor versus yeah. Dragon Ryu Lee. Awesome. Looking forward to this one. Shane Taylor, best in the world, Dragon Lee. Is there a story behind this match either? Uh, yeah, he um, they did an angle where Dragon Lee was added to a triple threat match at one of the right. club shows. And right. then uh, he didn't get beat, and then they had a confrontation afterwards. So this is like the continuation of that. I'm just happy that it's going to be a good match. Just so not much of a story. But yeah, um, I am looking forward to this. Dragon Lee's awesome. Like, absolutely awesome. And, and Shane Taylor is very good as well. Best in the world. So it'll be a good mix of styles. Obviously, Dragon Lee's going to do his speed athleticism stuff uh taylor's gonna try to throw him around toss him around dragon lee will, will bump his ass off and yeah this match should be great shane taylor's gonna win because uh though neither of these men is signed with the company are they is dragon lee officially signed with them and shane taylor's working for shane taylor promotions he's out of his contract even though what happened to that are they still trying that storyline because allegedly it didn't it didn't really go anywhere, and they haven't done a whole lot with it. Yeah. Um, I think this will be really good. Looking forward to it. Uh, I've kind of hated the Shane Taylor promotions thing here because, number one, they haven't done much with it. Number two, it it just overcomplicated the angle instead of just focusing on Taylor as a dominant TV champion, which he has been. I uh, would have liked for them to just stick with that instead of kind of stifling him creatively. Dragon Lee's great. Shane Taylor's had a really good year. Um, I, Dragon Lee is reportedly signed for one year with New Japan, and obviously he can still work a lot of ROH, um, so I wouldn't be surprised with him sticking around. Uh, and word is that they are not re-upping with Shane Taylor for next year, which I think is a mistake because oh I, yeah, I think Shane could obviously be a really good performer for someone if it's not going to be ROH. He, he could definitely be an added asset to an AEW or an Impact. I mean, he's he's good. I like Shane Taylor a lot. He can talk. He can work. Um, I think we're going to see a new TV champion here with Dragon Lee, Jeremy. Long-term booking for the end of the night. Trust me. Uh, that's fine. I'd be happy if Dragon Lee won. I forgot that uh, Mercury exposed that they weren't going to re-sign Shane Taylor. Um, that... What a stupid angle that was with Shane Taylor promotions. It, like on paper, it actually, I mean, we discussed it like on paper. It wasn't bad. Like I understand what they were going for. Uh, the execution was just God awful. And now they're not even going to resign. The, this company, this the, company sucks. There's also rumors that they're not going to bring Colt back next year either. I mean, the, he doesn't need to be there. I mean, I love him, but 
he should get out too. Oh, everyone should get out. Just abandon this place. Well, the thing with Colt is he's going to be perfectly fine because he just worked World Tag League. I could definitely see him working a lot of the U.S. New Japan shows. Obviously, he's working with the NWA as well. So, And then he does all of his European dates, so he'll be fine if they let him go. I just think that would be a mistake because I think he and Ian are a good announced team. But what are you going to do? It's ROH. Colt, I'm not worried about Colt. Colt's gonna, Colt can work wherever the hell he wants outside of WWE. Uh, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, again, I'm not worried about him either. Right? He definitely has a definitely has a lot of possibilities. Colt uh, can do, do the podcasting thing again and and make good money too. Exactly. So, um, it, it won't be a big loss for him. It just, I just think it'd be stupid by our ways. But what are you gonna do, right? I mean, that, that's par for the course. Uh, next up, Jeremy, though, we got good stuff to talk about again. The Briscoes defending against Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham for the tag titles. Uh, everyone knows I'm a big fan of the Briscoes. One of my favorite tag teams of this decade. And it's, I mean, maybe the most underrated tag team of, I don't know about all time, but certainly of this decade as well. They need to get out of ROH as well, but they're pretty much ROH lifers at this point. Like the angle between Lethal and Gresham, this one, I actually know there is a story to it with the uh, twists and turns with the Lethal, Briscoes, and Gresham with Gresham kind of turning on Lethal and then Lethal turning on the Briscoes and everything and aligning with Gresham. So you'll tell it better than I do. But I at least know there is a a story to this match, which adds my interest, uh, adds to my interest. Match should be great. Briscoes are awesome. Lethal and Gresham are awesome. Uh, I think Lethal and Gresham win this match because the Briscoes, they're, they're big enough. They don't really need the titles. I think it's good for, for the story if uh, Lethal and Gresham win the titles. But you like, you know more than I do. I try to. But, uh, yeah, um, I agree with you about the Briscoes. They're great. They kind of get overlooked a lot of the time because they are stuck in ROH, for lack of a better term. Um, best tag team in ROH history, for no doubt there. Um, underappreciated by a lot of people. They always deliver, though. I expect the same here because, to me, this feels like the match of the night on paper. Lethal and Gresham are absolutely incredible. Um, They have been highlights of this promotion for the past two years, uh, facing each other, teaming with each other. Uh, I've really liked the relationship overall. They kind of started off with Gresham being uh, the mentee to Jay Lethal. And then Gresham started showing a lot of heelish tendencies which started playing into Lethal trying to make him see the light and be a good wrestle lad and not be an asshole. They finally pulled the trigger in the UK where Jay Briscoe, uh, sorry, Jay Lethal was facing Mark Briscoe and Gresham came out to help, was going to use a chair. Lethal took it away from him and then they fucking wrecked the Briscoes. Jay Lethal finally turned heel, joined his little buddy. They're a bunch of assholes. They beat the shit out of them. And the Briscoes were so pissed that they demanded the match in final battle, putting up the titles. Uh, definitely should be the match of the night. I think the right uh, call is putting the titles on Lethal and Gresham because, number one, they're great. Number two, we need a little change. And number three, Lethal and Gresham um, are... It's just not fresh, but... It's not only fresh, but the Briscoes have cleaned out the entire division of what they have. So you need something new, and I like the idea of the heel champions going into the new year. Uh, should be the match of the night, though, Jeremy. I would say so. I do think 
um, the Marty and Flip match can give it a run for its money. Definitely. But, um, yeah, th- this would certainly be, and maybe even Shane Taylor and Dragon Lee, but th- this would, it wouldn't shock me if this gets match of the night, considering how good all four of these guys are. And they'll probably get the most time out, out of uh, the other matches as well. I'm not saying time equals uh, the best match because uh, you can work a good sprint, but they'll they'll get longer time to, to really uh, hit that next gear and, and tell a larger story than the other matches, which don't really have much of a story going into them. Yeah, I definitely. I think this is match tonight. I do agree with the Marty and Flip tag with the Lucha guys should be really good, possibly great. And I think Shane Taylor and Dragon Lee also has a lot of potential because, like I've said, again, I know not a lot of people have paid attention to it, but uh, Shane Taylor has had a really good 2019. He's had some really good to great matches with a lot of people, and he always has stepped up on the pay-per-views. And again, he's going to be working with somebody that's absolutely great in Dragon Lee. And Jeremy, I don't know about you, I can't remember the last time Dragon Lee had a bad or disappointing match. Um, I can't either. So I, I'm really trying to remember. That's that's why I'm pausing so much. That's all right, dude. It, it's hard <laughs> when, when you have guys that are that good. They are hard to find. I mean, I'm sure there was probably some weird show in some shithole Indian Mexico in front of 30 people where he dogged it and had a bad match at one point when he was working nine matches in a week, but nobody saw it, so it doesn't count. Yes, exactly. So, and our main event of the evening is the ROH World Champion Roosh defending against PCO. ROH put the world title on Matt Taven back at Supercard of Honor, which, judging by the plummeting attendance and overall lack of interest in the company, was both a critical and financial flop. Don't if only someone had seen that coming. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw the, the horrible downturn in attendance, but I mean, yeah, the title move was not a good one. But um, Taven, again, is not a bad wrestler, but he wasn't the guy, especially since Marty was sitting right fucking there, was the most over guy in the company, was selling a ton of merchandise, and again, the last existing link to the elite, which everybody loved when they were there. The best thing about Taven's run that was he had a naturally built-in feud with Roosh, which led to a honestly great match and Roosh ending up as the world um, champion. So that was good and a move that definitely had to be made. The rebirth and journey of PCO, I've really enjoyed seeing him come back to a national level, and it's just a great story. I I greatly appreciate the man. He's a crazy bastard, but I worry about the match, Jeremy. PCO is, again, a really good story. He's useful in tags. Uh, He's always there for the big wild spots, but as a singles wrestler, he's nothing but a collection of those big bumps and no-sell spots, taking abuse with weapons, and hasn't really had good singles outings. So that makes the main event kind of highly questionable for me. ROH only knows how to book him in that one role is my problem. I'm not critical of PCO per se. It's the way he's booked. They know the one style match, and they know he does it well, but they don't try to expand on it and make it any better. And it becomes repetitive. I think this is going to end up being a really overbooked match. They're going to tease Rush losing hard. He should not lose here because he's somebody you can build around. Villain Enterprises is going to get involved in this match, Jeremy. They're going to try to help PCO win. They're going to try to fuck Roosh over. But they are going to be counteracted by Roosh's new supergroup, which he's been teasing wanting for a long time. When Dragon Lee... Flamita 
and Bandito, who leaves a dead fucking lifeblood stable, fight off villain enterprises to ensure that Roosh keeps the title, which leaves you with Roosh as the champion, probably Dragon Lee as the TV champion, Flamita and Bandito being able to go after the tag titles, and then the big question mark is, is Marty going to stay around? And will Marty possibly be the guy to eventually take the title off of Roosh as Villain Enterprises feuds with whatever he's going to call this version of Los Ingobernables? So Roosh retains lots of shenanigans. I hope you get the book because that that's a good angle. That that's a that sounds like a very hot angle, um, and I would watch that. As far as this match goes, and I'll comment on it in a second. As far as this match goes, I'm with you. Like This doesn't feel like a main event to your biggest show of the year. And Final Battle is certainly their biggest show of the year. The The PCO, how he won the title, like that match with Marty sucked. It was not good. Uh, PCO was a singles wrestler. He is kind of what he is. And like th- this, this would have been so much better. Like... Why couldn't you book this same angle as, as Marty and Roosh? Uh, it, even Flip and Roosh? Like, like that would have... Brody? Or what the fuck's... Uh, is he hurt? Brody he's, King? He's hurt. He's not hurt. No, that sucks. Um, but that like that would have been good too. Uh, PCO, just, he doesn't feel like a guy that should just be main eventing for the world title on your biggest show. And it's no offense to the guy. It's just he's kind of in that one little spot and he's an older guy and he just is what he is. And it's it, they've built him up a, a fair amount, but I don't even think they've built him up enough to where he should, should be at this point. And like again, that Marty match just wasn't good and, and just – almost immediately cooled him off. Uh, I think Roosh wins. I like your angle. I, I really like your angle. I, I think that would be great. Um, my my only issue is if Marty isn't sticking around, then you're kind of setting up a Villain Enterprises, uh, LIJ, whatever, they ROH, uh, LROH, Los Ingobernables, they ROH. Um I don't know what the acronym would be. L I R O H. Sure. Putting way too much thought. Nero. Uh, yeah. It's um, actually kind of a cool Lero. Um, anyway, uh, I like that. But if Marty's leaving, like you, you're you're kind of teasing that without delivering. I guess at Final Battle Fallout, you can kind of do like they turn on Marty. The flip becomes the new leader. They add a fourth. I don't know who that would be. The fucking Vinny Marseglia, God forbid. Um, Vincent, whatever his name is now. Damn math. They already teased that on the. Uh, okay. On sure. The shows. That. Sure. You're replacing Marty Scarl with Dan Math. That doesn't sound too appealing. Um, yeah, maybe. But that would be my only issue. Like. If Marty's leaving, like you blew the opportunity to do Roosh and Marty. Like that's a big time match and you just you're not going to deliver on that. And if you're going to do this angle, like it feels like that's something you should really be able to deliver on and not going If Marty's staying, then all of this makes perfect sense and yeah, your your villain enterprises versus uh Lero uh feud can can carry you into next year. And honestly, like 
I'm not saying this is going to light the world on fire for ROH because I, I still think their business model isn't great. And I definitely, after hearing all these stories, don't think their management is very good. Um, but at least that is a angle and a storyline you could sink your teeth into, which they haven't given us at all this year. Like there has not been a good ROH angle, at least at the top of the card. Like, yeah, the Lethal and Gresham stuff has been good. And that's probably been their best storyline this year. But even that, it's like, all right, cool. Jay Lethal, like, we've seen him. We know him. He he delivers. Jonathan Gresham, he, he's very underrated. He should be in a, a better spot. And I'm happy that he is in this spot. Like, that, if that's your biggest angle, that wasn't your top of the match angle for most of the year like that was your kind of upper mid card mid card angle like you need that hot top of the card angle and they didn't have that all at all this year at least the angle you're booking is a hot top of the card angle <coughs> yeah um we'll see what happens all i'm saying is and I, disappoint I, it's a, just gonna be like a roosh win and then that's like it and the show's gonna end and we're gonna be like this show sucked i i put a version of that out when i did the uh podcast with cubs and all i'm saying is if it happens, you're welcome, Ring of Honor. I would not. I'm not above accepting PayPal. Just letting you know. <laughs> Get that Sinclair money. That Cody money's paying pretty well. I know the Con Cody Con money. So uh, that's ROH Final Battle uh, 2019. That's gonna be Friday night. I'll have live coverage as always of the show, and then we will talk about the show Sunday night after TLC. Uh, Jeremy, we also have the NWA Into the Fire pay-per-view. NWA making the big run on the pay-per-view. On Fight TV, it's going to be 24 bucks unless you got the uh, pre-order for $19.99, which I did because, you know, I like saving money. I got it for free. Where you at? Oh, well, look at you getting that NWA Billy Corgan money. We got the hookup with Fight. I know. Why don't you have the hookup with Fight, Larry? You I gotta, do, you gotta email I do for them some shows. It. It's funny, but like here, the thing is, is I ordered it because I'm not gonna wait for the last minute. Because like that happened to me one time, and I waited and I didn't get it, so I had to order it. I'm not gonna lose out on that uh, pre-show money saving. Sure, so. I agree with that, but you should, dude. You cover all of these shows. How is fight not just like? You got to email Fight and be like, hey, unlock my account. I cover literally all of your shows. And shit, they might unlock the account and they'll give you, you get the GCW shows and shit as well. Just giving out, but you know, you got to advertise. Like, we got to do the, hey, win a free promo code and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, email Fight. They'll, they'll, they'll get you set up. I'll get on that eventually. So, but yeah, NWA into the fire, Jeremy. We start off with. Trevor Murdoch versus the question mark. Uh, the the question mark in his karate. He's winning this thing. Damn right. It's like in the oddest thing of almost all of 2019, the question mark is the most over fucking dude in the NWA. It is amazing. I, I don't know why. It's hilarious. I think people are just kind of playing along with it, but it's fucking funny and I love it. He is uh, the Mangrovian super athlete, obviously. Uh, I, I like Trevor Murdoch a lot. Um, I think he perfectly fits into the NWA because he kind of looks like, you know, Dick Murdoch and just he works that old school style. It'll be probably perfectly fine. And yes, the question mark will win using karate. There's only one finish to this match, Jeremy. 
Yeah, they, the question mark should definitely win. Trevor Murdoch, he's he's fine, but uh, and the NWA their booking is just sort of weird to predict because they are such a, a throwback, and you know, Trevor Murdoch could win, and did uh, question mark just might be some like jobber guy, but I assume they've got some type of plan with him, and he should win this match. I would hope so. It would feel foolish to fucking beat the question mark out of nowhere, considering he's actually over. Yeah. Uh, next up, women's tag team action. Ashley Vox and Allison Kay facing a combination of Melina Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. Um, I would assume Melina wrestles actually, and we'll we'll go with Marty Bell as her partner. And I I think Molina's team wins because they're trying to kind of build heat on that girls group. And so getting them a a victory here would be the direction forward. Yeah, I am. I'm like kind of torn on the little Molina group there. Um, I generally don't have a problem with her coming in, but I also feel like she's kind of sniped some of the heat they were putting on Thunder Rosa, who I thought was doing really good there and think she needs to be featured more. I think it's going to be Molina and Thunder Rosa actually, because Thunder Rose is a way better worker than Marty Bell. And, you know, Melina doesn't exactly wrestle a ton these days. So I think it would be smart to put the strongest worker with her. I think that they win, which should set up a title match between Allison Kay and one of them. Uh, if it's Melina first and she beats Melina, that's fine. I'm looking long-term, thinking Thunder Rosa eventually beats her for the title. But, yes, I will go with the evil women's trio here to pick up the win as well. And we got a, a battle of loudmouths, Jeremy. It is Ken Anderson versus Eli Drake. I don't hate this match. I've never been a Ken Anderson fan dating back to his Kennedy days. Just never really cared for the guy. And Eli Drake has drawn like a lot of comparisons to him because he, I think Eli Drake is a world better talker than, than Ken better Anderson. Better worker than him too. Yeah, and he's a, definitely a better worker as well. I like Eli Drake. I think he's good. I think he should win this match. It, he cut some good promos on uh, power. And yeah, I, like Eli Drake is a guy you can you can certainly build around. Ken Anderson is, is just a guy. Yeah, Eli hasn't done a lot in the ring, so to speak, so far in NWA and on power. Um, but he's been killing it on the promos, as you said. He looks re-energized in the role. And I, I like a lot of what he's been doing. He's fitting in that studio setting really well. Ken Anderson is, to be blunt, Ken Anderson still. He's perfectly fine and inoffensive, but he's nothing more to me. Uh, I don't expect much from him here. I don't have like really high hopes for him. Um, in Just as an overall singles wrestler for them, he's a guy with a little bit of name value that people remember. I hope it doesn't go too long. Because I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's gonna work out well because of Kenny Anderson. Honestly, short promos he's fine. Okay, tag match is fine. Singles match could be a little bit of a struggle. I like Eli a lot. I think he's gonna be working his ass off here because the guy still has a lot of critics, and I think he really wants to prove all those guys wrong. They've been laying the groundwork for him to be a challenger for the NWA title, so he should definitely pick up a clean and decisive win here. So I'm going Eli Drake. Yeah, that that should definitely be the way to go because 
I think what they're going to end up doing is, and, and spoiler, I think James Storm's winning the main event, and I think they're uh, going to build to Storm and Drake as the next big feud. I got that all booked out too, just you wait. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> okay, NWA Tag Team Championship match, Jeremy. The Rock and Roll Express will defend against the former champions, the Wild Cards. On December 3rd on NWA Power, the Rock and Roll Express defeated the Wild Cards, won their ninth NWA Tag Team Championship. Um, the Rock and Roll Express still being a thing, let alone being really fun in 2019, is amazing. I I love it. They've worked for the NWA, ROH, New Japan, uh, tons of indies. They worked WrestleMania weekend, and they've even had good wrestling matches still. I mean, yeah, Robert Gibson doesn't do much, but Ricky Morton is still kind of crazy, and I love Ricky Morton going out there and hitting fucking destroyers and topes, and I'm here all day for it. Their win was a it was a great bit of nostalgia fun. It got over big, and now they're going to defend here. Um, I don't think the run is going to last for them, though. I think it was that um, I think it was the fact that they were over. They were still tied to the the NWA of the past, and they were hoping for that kind of buzz and nostalgia moment, which I think they got. Which there's nothing wrong with that. It was interesting. It got people talking a bit. I think the wild cards win the titles back, and then they are not done for the evening, Jeremy. All right, um, I'll believe you on that. I think the wild cards win the titles back as well because the the Rock and Roll Express winning was just kind of capturing on a nostalgia moment and. I don't really know what they're going to be doing moving forward. It's funny because, you know, any other company tries to do this and it's like, ooh, what, like, what, you're putting your titles on the Rock and Roll Express? Like, they're not taking you very far at their age, but NWA doesn't. It's just like a really cool feel-good moment. So, it, again, it's just a different kind of booking in NWA. And shit, they're a better option than the Rock – or than the – Apologies, I had to sneeze. Uh, there are better options than the the wild cards anyway, so wild cards aren't that good. Uh, but yeah, they'll they'll probably win here. NWA needs to maybe figure something out with their tag team division, and Definitely. hopefully they got a plan. We need more homicide and Eddie Kingston cutting promos. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what they need to do with the tag team division. Honestly, is just put the titles on Homicide and Kingston because they're awesome. If it ensures uh, Eddie Kingston talking every week, yes. Because I need that dude cutting promos more. Uh, next up, we have another title match. The NWA National Championship champion Colt Cabana defending against Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks, Jeremy. Everyone, go to Fightful.com and check out my interview with Ricky Starks. He is awesome talk to him for like a half hour and i got another one coming where he talks about uh his collection of vinyl records and uh we talk about music and he did some e-fetting larry do you know what the e-fetting is oh i remember the e-fetting yeah ricky starks is a big e-fetter that's a spoiler for an upcoming article but yeah ricky starks is awesome and i'm hoping he wins this match maybe that's a little biased but um you know cabana i i, I like cabana um Aaron Stevens, fine. Like he's actually been good in NWA. I really can't complain about him. He he's found a good role in this uh, company. He, he's one of those guys where he got released by WWE, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's about to light the world on fire on the independent scene." And then he did absolutely nothing. But with NWA, he they're running Impact. That's what he did. 
Yeah, NWA is using him kind of more to his strengths with uh, this uh, thespian gimmick, which I which I really like. Uh, but I'm a big fan of of Ricky Starks um, even before I interviewed the guy, just because he is a good promo and he's one of their their younger talents and he's a good worker. So Ricky Starks is a guy you can eventually build around. And maybe it's too early to get the title on him here because it's he's a long-term i would assume he's a long-term guy but at the same time i don't know what the long-term plan is for nwa so you got to kind of capitalize on things while you have them and while ricky starks is there they they should certainly be making him a a feature player i think you got to use starks while you have him because he's a guy that's going to start to get a lot of attention he had some buzz coming in online but he wasn't like a big name and people were like oh the nwa signed ricky starks who the fuck is that but uh, he's a, and I didn't know a lot about him either. I've really liked a lot of what he's done. I think he has a lot of charisma, has a good look, seems to be a good worker so far. And like I don't know how long they have him locked up for, but I think you got to use him while you can. And you know, hopefully you're making money and you're able to pay him well, and maybe you can do longer term stuff with him. I think a national championship win. Uh, it's that's how I'm leaning because I think it makes the most sense. He's a guy you can feature on power because you're not going to be doing nwa title matches on power all the time and he's a guy that you can kind of bank on is maybe like your tv champion uh he, he can be a baby face he can obviously turn into a heel rather easily the only thing that's holding me up on the ricky starks win is if cabana ends up that he's going to be done with roh maybe he's going to be more committed to the nwa and he could have a longer title run. And so, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. Um, I think Starks wins here. Um, Aaron Stevens is kind of like, for me, he's he's a lot like Ken Anderson. I do agree that the thespian stuff works, and he's a good kind of douchey heel. Um, does nothing for me in the ring, though. So I don't think he adds much to this match. Hopefully, this is a rare instance where I'm going to hope that they do the, the uh, tired and cliche triple threat formula and he naps a lot on the floor and uh, Cabana and Starks work most of the match. Um, yeah, I like Starks a lot. I'll go with him. I think they're going to look for, um, I think they're going to be trying to create a lot of buzz on this show. So I could definitely see another title change. So I will go with Ricky Starks as well. Good call. So, by the way, I'm going to start sending invoices to Sean for every time you name drop Fightful for five bucks. I'm just. <laughs> um, that's fine. You can do that. I, <laughs> I don't know what he'll say, but <laughs> that's fine. I got a lot of got a got a lot of gigs here, Larry. I know, and I, I let you gladly pl- plug them. I God, never give you shit. Although I gotta will try to collect get off that Sean. money. I know. Well, I do too. So I'm going to start collecting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our main event of the evening is the NWA ch- uh, championship match with champion Nick Aldis defending against James Storm in a best two out of three falls match, Jeremy. And for me, the road to this one has been a little bit odd. James Storm was the uh, the national champion. He won an NWA title shot, but then he lost his title. Then the story was he allegedly, and I put that in hand quotes, won a triple threat to earn a title shot, but they didn't air it on TV and they, the whole story on the last episode of Power that we watched was that Storm claimed it was a conspiracy from the NWA against him and that they're protecting their boy, Nick Aldis. Aldis revealed that the uh, he's a fighting champion and he demanded this match and that the match with Storm didn't air because he was basically a douchebag. And it was filled with a bunch of shenanigans and that's not how the NWA does business. 
Unfortunately for Aldis, though, things haven't been all that great, I guess, because he did have an insurance policy in Camille, but they've had some issues. They've been running this whole angle where he wouldn't let Camille talk, and then she's been refusing to talk. And then she had odd, whispery conversations with James Storm and the wild cards on screen, which nobody knows what she said. Aldis has given her the night off for this pay-per-view, and I highly doubt that she's going to play into that, Jeremy, because it seems like we're setting up for some big stuff. The match is two out of three falls, and the other gimmick is that each man got to choose a referee for a fall. James Storm picked Brian Hebner, Aldis picked wholesome babyface legend Tim Storm and former NWA champion to boot, and if it goes to a third fall, the NWA is going to select the final official. Um... They're each going to win a fall, and it's going to go to the third fall because it always does. And the fix is in, Jeremy. The NWA will select Camille as the special referee. From there, James Storm will steal the championship with the help of his new henchmen, the Wild Cards, forming their, for lack of a better term, their new power with 3R stable. They're kind of horseman-like stable with Camille as their manager, and uh, they're going to run wild as the heels on the NWA. I think the match could be good, but we're going to get a title change, and it's going to be shenanigans. I'm picking the big power stable and turned by Camille, though. I I'm a, I'm a, I can I can get on board with this. It is curious that you know, they each pick a referee for their fall, and then it's like, okay, we know this is going to a third fall, so who is who's the third man? Who's the third referee? Um, Camille makes sense in in terms of the the storyline and everything. I don't know who else you're gonna kind of go with in this spot that's kind of linked to to either man. Um, like Tim Storm, I guess could have been that person, but you know, Aldis just picked him outright, so it's obviously not gonna be Bonus him. Prediction. Aldis is going to win the fall with Brian Hebner as the referee, and then Tim Storm is going to fuck Aldis, I think. I don't know if that's going to happen. I kind of figured they would just do the whole thing where the other person wins the the referee fall. So yeah, Aldis wins the Hebner fall, and, and Storm wins the Storm fall. I, I, I honestly like figured that would just happen. That seems kind of predictable, and I, w- I would be more shocked if it just stuck to the norm and they won the fall that that they picked um yeah camille makes sense as, as doing the the third referee you you do that she she fucks over aldous and um the wild cards help out james storm to to get that big stable i can see that like you kind of need like the the big heel stable is, is that staple of the nwa uh with the horseman obviously so the Jesus Christ, don't please don't think I'm comparing James Storm and the wild cards and whoever else they had as their fourth no, guy. No, but it's going to be uh, in the vein of the horsemen. Yeah, you're right. right, though. That's exactly what I'm saying, too. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, we're not calling them the new horsemen. It's just, it's going to be reminiscent of that, and it's playing off of NWA history, so I can see it. Right. Who, who would be the fourth guy in this? Who is the, uh, uh, I guess, the, the Tully? I don't know. That's a good question. They, maybe they debut somebody new that night. Mr. Anderson. Oh, God, God forbid. No. <laughs> All I know is, is you know, and we forgot to mention this, Stu Bennett will be taking over on commentary, replacing Cornette. If it is Camille and she's the referee, I do hope that God, Stu Bennett drops a whose side is she on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that would be cute. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think Storm will win. I didn't have it thought out on how he would win. I did figure that it would be some type of shenanigans involving Camille. Um, but yeah, the the whole referee angle and then the, the wild card angle, certainly, uh, again, more thought than I put into it. But I my, my prediction was Storm, and you, you've sold me on this being the direction for things. All right, fair enough. And uh, before we close up, what are your thoughts on uh, Stu Bennett, the former Wade Barrett, coming in to do commentary? I think it'd be good. Stu Bennett, that's another guy who we got re- released by WWE, and people are like, oh, he's going to light the world on fire. And he like, he just had different plans. He just he didn't have that real commitment to wrestling afterwards. He kind of did like acting, and then he did World of Sport. He was like the commissioner or something for there. He, he was the evil dude at the end of Lucha Underground. Yeah, like he... Yeah. You know, he dabbled in the independent scene and stuff, but he certainly didn't light the world on fire like like everyone did. And that's, as we talked about with the WWE releases, not all these guys are going to do that. For every Cody Rhodes, there is a Damien Sandow. Like, that's just how this works. I, I like um, to use for every Cody, there's a Ryback. Well, yeah, but when I posted that article comparing the two because they were at least around the same time, Ryback blocked me because he was not happy with it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I got blocked by the, the, the crowd. And the, the Ryback was not thrilled that I said he kind of just squandered his opportunity out there. And, I mean, he's doing well with his podcast, I guess. I don't listen, but I guess he's doing – I'm sure he doesn't listen to this. So if he does, he's going to block me again. Um, but anyway – uh, yeah, Stu Bennett, I, I think it'll be good. Maybe Stu Bennett is the fourth guy. Maybe this is how he kind of gets back into the, the wrestling side of things a little bit. Like, it's not, it's not like he's got to work a bunch of dates for the NWA. They they tape uh, two two days out of uh, a month, and it might not even be, like, every month. So it's maybe, like, he works two dates every every two months um so uh, on average so maybe this is how he kind of gets gets back into that position if he sticks on as a long-term commentator hey that's that's cool too i think he'll do well he's always been a good talker uh and we see a lot of these wrestlers like look at samoa joe on on raw like yeah he's been awesome a lot of these guys understand how to put this stuff over and and bennett i I think kind of comes from that mentality as well he's always come off as a a very smart and and well-spoken guy yeah, I'm kind of excited to see, or excited to see what he does because uh, I think he has a good voice, and like you said, I think he will. He's going to be focused on putting things over, and he's going to know the things to put over as a wrestler. Um, yeah, I got high hopes for him. I think it was. I think it's a fine pickup. I think it's a nice one. And you know, maybe your horseman style prediction with him is not the worst thing because he has teased on Twitter that. Uh, He's excited to come in because he remembers working an NWA match in the early 2000s with Nick Aldis that he lost. I mean, you could maybe tell some deep dive story shit there. And again, working the NWA is not going to exactly be like high impact shit. It's not going to be working New Japan for Christ's sake. So he's not going to have to worry about like getting like literally getting his ass kicked. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's a play, and that wouldn't be horrible. I'd be interested to see what he does. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does as a uh, as a commentator. I think it's a, I think it's a nice replacement, and maybe he's going to be one of those guys that, like like Joe. Joe has just taken the commentary so well, and um, that's a, a blessing for Joe. And I, I hope that, that um, if that's what Joe wants, maybe that's going to be Joe's long-term future when he decides to finally be done. 
you know, because he has had injury issues over the years. And I'm not, I'm not saying I want his career to end by any fucking means, but it's going to be nice that if he wants to do it, it looks like that option's there and they seem very happy with him in the role. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, Joe, Joe's killing it on raw. It doesn't matter. Joe, Joe's always going to kill it. I'm, I'm happy for that dude. I wish he was in a bigger, uh, WWE role. Like he should have been there a long time ago. Should have been champion a long time ago, but I'm happy that he's succeeding in this position now. Yeah. I think he could have had a better run for sure. Kind of bummed. We never, and I, I think he probably is too. Kind of bummed. We never got the Joe Cena match. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it happens because, like, if Cena comes back when he comes back, like, Cena can come back whenever the hell he wants. And if he says, like, this is who I want to wrestle, WWE ain't telling him no. You know what I mean? Oh, like, true. Yeah. I, I think John Cena in 2020 has a a short run in him. Remember, remember he came back and he worked like, Nakamura and – um. Uh, a couple other I'm, I'm forgetting but he definitely worked nakamura i 100 remember that match yeah. um because nakamura about killed him with the uh exploder. reverse exploder yeah. yeah uh yeah i i think cena in 2020 does come back and he has like this almost dream run of sorts where it almost like kurt angle but but not quite as washed as kurt angle not quite as depressing um, yeah <laughs> without yeah. baron corbin hopefully Right, right. Where he just kind of works guys that he wants to work. And, like, I don't know who's at the top of that list. I would love to see him come in and just be like, listen, I just want to work a bunch of fun dudes. And he works, like, Joe and Ollie and Gable and a bunch of fucking dudes and just has a fun time. I'd be all down for that. Maybe that, but I I honestly think, like, I don't don't know how much of the product Cena keeps up with nowadays. Like, yeah, Joe, Ali, Gable, like that, that would be, uh, black, um, Murphy. Like, sure. These guys would be cool to work with and stuff, but I could see Cena just being like, yeah, I want to work Joe. Cause you know, we came up together. I want to work Roman again. Cause you know, we're the two biggest stars. I want to work Seth again. Cause we had this big feud. I want to work AJ again because we had this big feud. Like kind of, kind of like that, like play off of Cena's sort of history and just, have him go on fuck if they can get punk back like i want to work punk again like just kind of kind of do that john cena nostalgia run almost yeah i mean that'd be fine too i just i'd like to see him face a bunch of fresh dudes but yeah i mean it would um it would be cool um i i don't know if he does though man i mean i'm not like particularly feeling it i mean i think it could be cool but i mean it just depends man he may he may be too fucking busy he may be pulling super, it seems yeah. like he's signed on to a new movie every couple of months. It's like, oh, yeah, John Cena's uh, movie's coming out. And then he's, like, attached to two more after the latest one releases. Like, yeah, I don't know if he could get that kind of time away. But I – or if he can, then sure. But Cena's going to wrestle in 2020. Cena's got at least one match in him. Is in that your big prediction? Yeah, that's my big prediction for the new year All is right. that John Cena wrestles a match. I don't know when, I don't know where, but he's going to wrestle a match. I actually, you know what? I do know where. SummerSlam, Boston, John Cena's there wrestling. Ooh, that's a good call. That's a good call, dude. I like that. Yeah, it's NXT. He's coming after Adam Cole. 
Dude, I would watch the fuck out of John Cena and Adam Cole. John Cena, I just I had to watch the fuck out of John Cena and NXT. The the fucking uh... the only thing is he has to be wacky indie John Cena. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do the the um the code red and the springboard stunner. No, no, he can leave the springboard stunner behind, but he yeah he has to do the code red and. All kind of wacky shit, dude. I, yeah, yeah. Wanna, I want to see Indy John Cena in NXT. Fuck yes. Hit the hit the your time is up. My time is, hit my time is now in the the NXT universe. At the buzzword there, uh, hit that song there, dude. They would go crazy before they realized they're supposed to boo this man. But the pop that man would get would be insane. Dude, I, I'd love to see Cena versus a bunch of like like fucking him and Roddy Strong. Because Roddy's just so it, fucking great. And there's can't so go on a full run, but they just show up at TakeOver Boston. I'm not uh, saying he would, but I said <laughs> I'd love to see him work a bunch of those dudes. Just yeah, to, I Again, I would love to see him come back and just work a bunch of fresh dudes and be like, listen, I'm, I'm coming back for like seven matches, and I'm just going to have a good fucking time, and I'm out, okay? That's all I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Cena's trying to work that kind of style for seven matches, though. I mean, no offense to like, like Strong, Ali, uh, Murphy, like all of these guys, Gable, like they're all safe in the ring. I'm not saying they're gonna hurt anybody. At the same time, like, I mean, Rollins, I guess, need him in the face, so I don't know how safe he is. But uh, yeah, I don't know if John Cena is gonna be like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna stand here and catch your dive and stuff, because. Cena, Cena, Cena's got millions to make on on the movie scene. He ain't trying to, he ain't trying to uh, catch dives and have, take these high risk moves with a good chance of screwing up here. I'm just dreaming a bit, Jeremy. It's not like I'm trying to book the ROH and NWA, which I already did for them for free. So you are, you're trying to book John Cena's final. I guess I was too. John <laughs> Cena at NXT. That that's what I want. Showing up at full sale. All right, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate you guys. This is the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, and any major podcast-providing platform. Uh, Again, please subscribe to the show. Share us around on social media. If you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We will talk to you later this week.